guys. I'm Bethany. Oh, we're starting. Uh huh. We're going. And I'm Dalton. <laughs> and this is looking for the middle. Is it? It is. Oh, we are here, that? and we are looking. And I'm feeling better. Good. I have a voice this week. Your voice does sound back to normal. Back it's been a rough couple of weeks, normal. guys. It has been. Dalton being sick is really tough on me. Yeah, because I'm a big baby. <laughs> he is absolutely a big baby. But I found out other people in the church had it as well, and they had they lost their voice and everything. Which weird. One of them that lost his voice already has an incredibly quiet voice. So do you just become a mute at that point? Aww. And I asked his wife later. She said, yeah, he didn't say a word. It was great. <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, so, yes, I am feeling better. I have a voice again. I'm back to drinking way too much coffee, <laughs> which is good for my body. I had a healthy mm-hmm. breakfast this morning, which we'll talk about in just a minute. Uh, yeah. Okay, let's do some housekeeping. Okay, let's do housekeeping. Three quick things. Keep Fo- the house. Follow us on social media. Do it. Join us on Facebook. Do it. And sign up for the newsletter. Do it. The first one, LFTM underscore podcast on Instagram. The second one, LFTM community on Facebook. And the third one, lookingforthemiddle.com. Sign up there. That's the quickest I've ever done that. That was. You nailed that one. Yes. You were less distracted today. I was. Mostly because I wasn't as distracting today. (laughs) Okay. So I've got my part done. You have the question of the day. I do have the question of the what day. What is it? And it's 100% you will find out in just a second because of <laughs> what I ate for breakfast today. Oh, okay. Uh, what is, well, it's actually a two-part question. Okay. What food from your childhood uh-huh. have you completely sworn off or you circle back to from time to time that other people would think, hmm, that's kind of strange? Oh, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything that I've completely sworn off of. Nothing's like immediately jumping to mind. One, the first thing that came to mind was like, I occasionally circle back to have like this weird craving for is when we were little, my mom sometimes made us fried bologna sandwiches. Uh-huh. I know. That is the saltiest food <sighs> I know. you can ever have. <laughs> I know. But every once in a while. Did I'd you ever notice I'd be like, that you know what sounds really good? That. Wait, you would eat bologna. Uh-huh. Bologna. And then <laughs> you would eat fried bologna. Uh-huh. And somehow the fried bologna became three times as salty. Yeah, I don't know why. I didn't really like it, it not fried. I didn't like it in general. But that's what we had. In yeah. little Oscar Mayer circular looking uh-huh. bologna yep. containers. Exactly. <sighs> so that that's gelatinous the, that, meat. That's the that's the first one that comes to mind. It's just you ever stop to think about bologna for a moment? I know I don't want to think just, about it. I don't want to. I don't want to. It's like uh, no, no meat jello. Stop it. <laughs> this is just weird. Stop it. <laughs> uh, for those of you that are bologna lovers out there, just why? <laughs> why? I don't just, understand. Just fry it. it, and it'll be fine. No, because then it's ridiculously salty. Like you don't eat other salty things. It's not I actually that can't. What's salty. funny in childhood, I loved putting salt on everything. Yeah, and I think that's one of those oh, things that I've completely ruined. Like super salty. I cannot do super salty things. That's funny. I do kind of on the flip side. One thing I do remember when I was growing up, because there were four of us, and so it was not cheap to like go out to eat or whatever. Um, and so I remember when we were younger, like it'd be like, oh, we want Chick Fil A or something. Chick-fil-A was always a little bit more pricey than like other fast food mm-hmm. or whatever. And so growing up, I was like, well, Chick-fil-A is just kind of expensive. Like we're not going to do that or whatever. It's because the cost is high to be a disciple. <laughs> I laugh now because I am like, I go to Chick-fil-A all the time now. And I'm like, yeah, it's a little more expensive, but it's worth it. Also, also it's just me. I don't have four kids that I'm taking there as well. 
So. I I used well. I eat for four kids. Um, <laughs> I used to uh, when I go to Chick Fil A. Yeah. I'd request salt. I would salt the oh, fries. Oh dear gracious! Oh, yeah. oh you just, were intense. Like now looking back, I'm like, what is wrong with me? How do you not have like blocked arteries and stuff? That's a great question. Honestly, I don't know the answer. To that. Um, <laughs> okay, so what's your food? So this is why it was a two-parter because <laughs> what's funny is ramen. Oh, uh-huh. I've just sworn off. I've never had ramen. You're not missing out. On much. <laughs> um, and I'm talking about like the dehydrated uh-huh. block, like fifty cent packs. Yeah. Um, I used to eat those in childhood, but I I did not like seasoning or flavor. Apparently, just salt. I loved buttered noodles. Oh, okay. Just, that was my thing. So my my grandmother would take the ramen noodles out. Uh-huh. It's cheap. Throw it in a pot. She wouldn't put the seasoning in, though. And she would just put butter in it she when it was done. She would just drain it, put butter in it, <laughs> call it buttered noodles. And then when I went to college, the first month of my existence, and some of my college friends can attest to this, I didn't talk to anybody. I was antisocial. I just got there and was like, you know what? I'm going to do this college thing. I'm just going to get through it. I don't, I, I'm not going to make a lot of friends. I'm just going to muscle through it. Okay. Go home on the weekends and all this stuff. So I just stayed in my room and ate ramen, which I had a meal plan. That was stupid. Um, oh, that's dumb. And I completely ruined ramen forever and all time i still will not eat it Ugh. it's just gross just can't do it um unless i'm desperate in mm. which case i will eat it very unhappily <laughs> you'll but eat it to stay alive the the thing that i've circled back to so this morning i had a really healthy breakfast uh-huh. uh, there was a lot of uh fruit right because it was a wild berry pop tart <laughs> um pop tarts i had sworn them off for a while oh see i never let go of those so I, when i, like I went to when i went to peru uh-huh. in 2013 so 10 years ago uh i lived off pop tarts oh wow some of the food there freaked me out <laughs> and it was pop tarts breakfast pop tarts for a snack i ate pop tarts religiously me and my dad just hammered those things <laughs> it's been 10 years yeah and i just did not really touch pop tarts uh-huh. not a fan anymore i overdid it I have circled back recently. You're like, oh, I have I come back to the pop tart world, the <laughs> strawberry, the strawberry brown sugar cinnamon, the, the wild berries. Mm-hmm. I don't like cherry. I don't like cherry anything. It tastes like medicine. Yes, mm-hmm. that's why I don't like cherry. Mm-hmm. There's some weird flavors out there now. There was yeah. a, there's an Eggo waffle one. That's now. gross. That's too far for me. I like the strawberry ones, and I like the double chocolate. Yeah, but I can't have Fudge, that one. What, oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Except that one was a little bit overwhelming when I could have chocolate. I liked those. I could only eat one of out of the two of the pack. They were really rich. And yeah. it was a little bit too much for me. Now, do you actually toast them or do you just eat them? Because I don't really like them toasted all that much. Oh, they're great toasted. I just eat them straight out of the uh, pack. No, I'll do that. But for some reason, they're a little bit more dry when okay. you eat them straight out of the pack. Yeah. So I'll have to drink something with it yeah but like my dad used to be able to sit down and eat Uh a brown sugar cinnamon pop tart Uh but he was weird my sister and i talked about this on the phone (laughs) yesterday 100 went to kroger Uh uh-huh and was talking to my sister on the phone and singing (laughs) a song that i made up about pop tarts and she reminded me my dad used to put butter on the back side of it and would toast it Mm. yeah i never did that that's the most fattening thing i've ever heard of um, and he would drink a glass of milk with it. Oh, wow. I actually hate milk. I don't like milk either. I don't drink it. My dad can drink it with anything. It's disgusting to uh-uh. me. I don't even drink the cow milk. Uh, I get almond milk. I, I don't like, actually like almond milk as much. Oh. I like oat milk. Okay. Oh, yummy. <laughs> it's just fantastic in everything. Speaking of, sorry, side note. And side note? We're so The sidest of notes. There is this video out there. <laughs> I don't remember who it was. It was this uh, 
an incredibly liberal person. Uh-huh. And they're drinking strawberry milk, which they said milk, by the way. I hate when people say milk. Or milk. Uh, strawberry milk. But they said, you see, it's it's vegan. No, because, because it's, it's strawberry. strawberry. <laughs> 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 there's this video that they dubbed over it. Where it's these redneck farmers. Oh, go, you ever seen you ever seen a strawberry get milked before? What kind of cow do you have? Oh, do you know how like okay, let's go. If you were gonna milk strawberries, you know how many it would take to even just have like a well, glass of sat milk? there and thought about almond milk and stuff like yes, that. I mean I it's don't, basically I, just crushed up and yeah, water yeah. added. And I know. All uh, that yeah, stuff. I get it's all of that. Ridiculous, but... the world we live in. But, but still. the strawberry milk thing. Sometimes that's, I just circle back to that. That's too much. <laughs> it's just one of the funniest things oh, ever. Oh, my word. Uh, okay. All right. We, we are so lost it's right now. It's been almost 10 minutes. 10 like, minutes of we've this. We've probably lost half of People, our listeners today. I I'm so love sorry. you so much. I do want to say, before we jump into this episode, <laughs> how encouraged we have been recently. Yeah. Everyone has had such kind things to say, such yeah. wonderful encouragements of how. Uh, last few shows have been really good, and some of the better helpful. episodes we've had. I'm like, all right, well, now we know what to do. We, we're we're sensing a pattern here. <laughs> I think we found our stride a little bit. Even though it... certain listeners tell me I need to just be quiet. <laughs> Not all of them. Yeah, just one in particular. <laughs> anyway, I had to throw some shade. We don't have to go into that. Um, my sworn enemy. That's actually really nice and. It's a great, great person, but it's just fun having a sworn enemy. <laughs> I'll have to make sure she knows she's your sworn enemy. <laughs> <laughs> Next time your nephew FaceTimes you, just yeah. throw her on the phone for a second. <laughs> like, scream my enemy from the background. All right, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about biblical manhood and womanhood. Golly, that's a Which broad topic. Is, I know, it is quite the topic. And part of the reason we wanted to do this is... Ironically enough, you grabbed a book to put under your microphone today, and it is, what is it just called? Biblical Manhood? Recovering. Recovering. Biblical Manhood and Womanhood by Piper and Grudem. Um, And that book is, how many pages would you guess? Many. Like hundreds of pages. I'm going to guess at least six to eight hundred. Yes. Okay. So that is a lot of information. And when you hear, okay, Biblical Manhood and Womanhood, it's this, mm-hmm. it's a daunting, intimidating thing because, you know, and it's not, it's. We're not dissing the book. It's great. But, and also, I mean, if you, I haven't read it, so I don't know. Well, I'm just meaning like... There is no recommendation on my well, part. I don't know anything about the book. I'm meaning a deep dive into that is yes. great. We're, there's nothing against that. And biblical manhood and womanhood run throughout scripture. But that's also intimidating when you're like, but I, I want to become more godly in this right now. And I need some actionable steps to take. You don't necessarily have time to sit down for an 800 page book. So we are going to... Well, and we're sitting kind of streamline a little. We're sitting in the counseling office at our church mm-hmm. right now, and I—I I mean, I can't see the books behind me. You can. I guarantee uh-huh. there are probably at least fifteen to twenty books on something to do with either biblical masculinity, yeah. womanhood, or in relation to those things. Mm-hmm. There are probably thousands of yeah. books that are out there on biblical manhood, biblical womanhood, and I would say hundreds of those are actually really good. Yeah. Sure. There is a lot of information out there. So I want to go ahead and give the the disclaimer. We're not tackling all of it. No, that's not the goal with this. We need to be a little bit more purposeful and Mm -hmm. intentional. And we talked about that before. 
Uh, if we don't lay out a purpose, <laughs> we're in trouble because as you see in the first 10 minutes, we get distracted easily. Who knows what we'll end up talking about. But so I, we knew we wanted to have this, we've had this on the list for like it's even all of last season, but we wanted to give it some prep time um, that it needed. But so I had the idea though, cause you have mentioned the quote, go ahead and say it about Proverbs. Uh, it's not original to me. I have no idea who it's original yeah. to, so I am not claiming it. Uh, <laughs> which is a, a just important thing. I'm not robbing from yeah. anyone. We're not going to get hammered for stealing <laughs> things. Uh, but basically the summary of the quote is everyone's looking for a Proverbs 31 woman, but they're not a Proverbs 1 through 30 man. Yeah. Uh, which is valid. And so we, I, I kind of thought, oh, well, what if we look at biblical manhood and womanhood through the lens of Proverbs? We have the Proverbs 31 woman in obviously Proverbs 31. And then we're not going to go through like every facet of Proverbs 1 through 30, but contrasting biblical manhood and biblical womanhood through the eyes of Proverbs Mm -hmm. and kind of, and just from the standpoint of two, like Proverbs is a very practical book. And so looking at it through that lens and then saying, okay, what does a biblical man and what does a biblical woman look like? And what do we need to do to take action to become more and more like that? And I'll say, obviously, Proverbs is not the only place that you can talk about these things in the Bible. Oh, it's no. all over the page of sure. the scripture. We're just trying to tackle it from that angle. Mm-hmm. But uh, before we get into that, let me ask this question. Okay. Because this is a dating show. Right. Not uh, just a let's walk through books of the Bible and uh-huh. we'll talk about it show. Why in the world are we talking about this on a dating show? Sure. Christian well, I, dating. Yes. Show. Well, I think yeah, that's kind of That'll that's answer. kind of key. I think if the point of dating, and the point of a dating podcast is to give you tips on how to date well, but the point of dating is not to just date forever and become really good at dating so you just keep doing that your whole life, mm-hmm. right? The point would be to move on from dating to a marriage relationship. And as we've talked about, and this is since day one of this podcast, saying I do does not flip a switch on any sort of character in someone. Like it doesn't flip a switch on, oh, all these problems are just going to go away. It doesn't make things easy. Like there's not some magic whatever in a wedding ceremony. And so if you're thinking, oh, well, I'm just going to get married and then suddenly this guy will be super godly or vice versa. If you're a guy, she will magically be everything a, a godly woman should be. That's not the case. But if you don't know what you're looking for up until then, you you may find yourself in that place of just hoping, poof, everything will be easy after we say I do. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, let's sketch this out as you are in a dating phase and go from there. Well, I think uh, a big part of this is the title of our show. Yep. Looking mm-hmm. for the middle. We are looking uh-huh. and searching and trying to find these things. Uh, And we're going to talk about today things that you should be looking for. Yep. And on the flip side of that, things that you should be. Uh Uh-huh. Because we're answering both categories. Now, for me, what's interesting, I love uh, the concept of biblical manhood Mm -hmm. because my dad has just been engrossed in it my entire life. So my dad, uh, among the many hats that he wears, (laughs) is pastor of men's ministry. So every men's ministry study that he's Mm -hmm. done growing up, I was in. I would sit through it, listen to it, and my life has just been saturated with the concept of biblical manhood. So this is a fun topic for me to talk about, and it's an interesting topic. But it is, on on the other side of that coin, it's a hard topic to discuss, Mm -hmm. partially because it's so broad, uh, but because our culture is so against these concepts. Uh Our culture Uh absolutely hates a biblical man. 
Yeah. And our culture absolutely hates a biblical woman. And it's not really a one-size-fits-all kind of category. Yeah. These are things that you must be, but it doesn't have to, you don't have to be the exact same personality across the board. Yes. There's there's a lot of disclaimers uh-huh. that I'm throwing out here. <laughs> no, but it's but important it's good. that we make those statements yeah. ahead of time as we get into this. But this everything we're gonna be talking about is countercultural. Uh-huh. We did discover something in conversation that I think sets the table mm-hmm. for this. Yeah. Because you'll find a lot of the themes that we're gonna be picking out here correlate. Yes. There there is a lot of similar things on the man side uh-huh. and on the woman's side. Uh, when I talk about being a Proverbs 1 through 30 man, where I start is Proverbs 1, 7. Yep. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Yeah. So that was kind of where I was planning to jump <laughs> off of a biblical man fears the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> you made a comment. And this is something that I should have seen way earlier on, but it just... Mm-hmm. Kind of dawned on me. Yeah. Read the verse that you were reading from the end of Proverbs. 31. Yeah. So Proverbs thirty-one thirty says, "Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised." So in both instances, mm-hmm. Proverbs one seven, the very beginning of the book, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Yeah. Proverbs thirty-one. What, what verse is that? Thirty. Thirty. And there are thirty-one verses, so it's like second to last verse. And it ends with the fear of the Lord. Yeah. So that is, I think, the major overarching theme of biblical masculinity, biblical womanhood, is the fear of the Lord. Yeah, well, and it's, I think it's just the overarching theme, I guess you could say, of being a follower of Christ, being a Christian, which, sure, like you were saying, there are distinctly feminine and distinctly masculine requirements you know, callings, all of those things. But there is a lot of overlap because mm-hmm. being a follower of Christ in so many ways is just being a follower of Christ. Mm-hmm. There isn't that distinction. It's just being a disciple and follower of the Lord. And so, yeah, that's what Proverbs is Yeah, bookended by fearing the Lord. And in Proverbs 31, where it says a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. It's the, I mean, there's this whole list of things that precede it that a godly woman should be, but this is the one that shall be praised. Mm -hmm. This is the one that's called out as being praiseworthy. And so I think so much then of Proverbs is saying, okay, fear the Lord. And as you'll talk about a lot, wisdom is key. Everything else is just an outpouring of that, an outflow of those two things. It's saying, okay, here are the things you do when you fear the Lord and have wisdom. So that's our starting point. Yep. Um, If if you want to know what a man is according to the word of God, and you want to know what a woman is according Mm -hmm. to the word of God, you start here. It is one that fears the Lord. Which do you want to camp out for one second? We didn't really talk about this Quickly. On the concept of fear. Yes, thank you. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, Great mind. Th- yeah, that's... I was actually about to just go ahead and jump into Wonderful. it. Wonderful. I'm not even going to ask per- per- permission. <laughs> Great. Go for um, it. <laughs> the, the concept of fear is an interesting one, and there's a lot of debate out there as mm-hmm. to what it means. Um, I, I don't necessarily take the fear of the Lord as a, a holy terror in terms of you're just scared and terrified of the awesome right. power of God. Now, there is a level of that that is present. 
Yes, the unbridled the power of the yeah, is, life. Yeah. There there should be some uh-huh. sort of terror involved in that. Not in terms of like scary movie murderer type deal. Right. But a a holy terror of an awesome, unlimited, powerful God when you're a sinner who can't Who's, be in his presence. Exactly. <laughs> so there is that aspect of it. I don't think that's necessarily the concept that's at play here. Mm-mm. When you read through Proverbs, that doesn't seem to be no. what's at stake. I take the fear of the Lord as a holy awe and reverence. Mm-hmm. And when I say awe of, yeah. When I say holy at the very beginning of the, that, the literal definition of holy is set apart. Right. So it's an awe and reverence that is set apart from mm-hmm. every other type of awe and reverence you can have. Right. I mean, I I go to the Grand Canyon and be in awe of what I see. Uh-huh. But that should not equate to the awe that I have when I experience God. Right. The reverence that I have for my parents, they are in a high place in my life. Mm-hmm. But that should in no way be the same as the reverence I place on the Lord. Right. So that is a set apart fear of the Lord, a holy awe and reverence of his sheer beauty and majesty and greatness and worth and value. Mm-hmm. And I could go on and on forever. <laughs> Yeah. That's kind of the concept of uh, that I take. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's a... And I always think of like... Because even in the verse you were talking about, says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so just kind of adding to what you were saying is it's this holy awe and reverence that produces action, mm-hmm. that produces change. It's not, oh, wow, God is awesome and I'm fearing him and whatever. And now I'm just going to go back to my life and do whatever I want. Those two don't go together. It's if you are fearing the Lord, then you have a reverence for him that produces an action of growing obedience Mm. to him as well. Now, before you at me, again, (laughs) I'm not writing off the the fear in terms of we are sinners in the hands of an angry God. Who wrote that? Is that Jonathan Edwards? Edwards. I think. Um, We very much are. Sure. So there is that fear aspect of we come before the Lord with fear and trembling because we are unworthy to be in his presence. Mm-hmm. That is present. But I think the major overarching theme of Proverbs is that holy on reverence mm-hmm. of actively pursuing the Lord because there is none like him. Yes. That would be uh, where I would go with it. And that is the man or woman, You. this is where you have to start. Exactly. And, and it's the same thing of... You know, the two great commands that Jesus says, love yeah. God, love mm-hmm. your neighbor. The only way you can rightfully love your neighbor is by first loving God. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing here. The yeah. only way that you can truly be a man of God or woman of God mm-hmm. is by first fearing him. Yeah. This is our starting point. It is. And like with Proverbs 31, like you ladies know, a lot of times it can just be this daunting list of what the perfection of biblical womanhood is and that you have to do all the things and be all the things mm-hmm. to be good enough. And I want like, and then at the end it talks about fearing the Lord. And I think if we, in a sense, bring that up above all of the others and say, if this is in its right place, all of the rest will flow out of it. Not because, and like you said, there's a lot of variation of what that looks like. This is not a cookie cutter mold that everyone has to like, you know, mold themselves into, I guess, but put that over it and the rest will flow out because you fear the Lord, not because you're trying to earn something from Mm -hmm. him. 
Like that's, I think, an important distinction of what that looks like. Uh, that that's a really good distinction too. As I'm shaking a mechanical <laughs> pencil in the microphone, that's probably gonna pick up. That's a really good distinction. Um, all of it's, it's like the fruit of the spirit. Uh huh. It's just gonna show up in your life when you really have trusted in the Lord. When you've chosen, uh, careful how I word that. Um, when when you start following Christ. Yeah. When you're indwelled by the Spirit, that happens naturally. Right. Because your love for God is so great that you desire to be obedient to Him. The same thing is true here. Mm-hmm. It's not because you're trying to white-knuckle it and say, I fear the Lord, I fear the Lord. Same thing with, <laughs> we talk about the contentment and all mm-hmm. of this stuff. No, it's because you do fear the Lord, so it's just going to naturally flow mm-hmm. out of you. That's a that's a great mm-hmm. distinction and caveat. Now, as we jump into yes. th- this conversation, uh, part of the reason why we're having this conversation Last season, we had the episode on, I don't remember what we titled it. Um, it was something about knights in shining, shining armor, armor and uh, supermodels with ESV study Bibles. <laughs> yeah, something like that. One of the, the major themes of that show was you're just not going to find uh-huh. that perfect someone that's out there that women are expecting to have this massive chiseled knight in shining armor that's going to show up and lead them perfectly spiritually and all of this stuff and the same thing uh-huh. guys are looking for this supermodel type woman that knows it and is able to just thumb through an esv study bible <laughs> that you're not going to find that right so manage your expectations and know what scripture calls uh-huh. that was the issue that we pointed out and a lot of what we've been doing this season <laughs> is okay we pointed out issues yeah let's try and answer them uh-huh so that's a, a big yeah. reason for this episode is answering that problem that's out there in the church yeah. today. Yeah, don't look for that. Okay, great. Okay, what now here's for? what you're going to need yeah. to look for. Yeah. So since the statement that I have made is everyone's looking for a Proverbs 31 woman, let's uh-huh. start with okay. the Proverbs 31 woman because okay. I know you've got a list of things that you've I seen. I do, yeah. They're not exhaustive. There's no. so much more in the Bible that we could say, but yeah. that's... That's a great place to yeah. start. Um, what does a Proverbs 31 woman look like, and how are you understanding and seeing those things? Okay, so I can just, should I, you want me to just go through the whole list? There's 12 things on it. <laughs> well, 11, we've talked about the fear of the Lord. Well, so. don't just bullet point read them, but yeah, but go, just, go, you through go Okay, we'll just the, start. The list that you have, because okay. I'm different and I don't have a list. Okay, um, so I will just kind of go through them, and I have the verse number out next to them, which I can read the verse. Um, And then we can just talk about it for a second. So the first one I have starts in verse 11, which says the heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. So the first thing I've pulled out here is that the Proverbs 31 is trustworthy. Mm. Um, And I want to point out like this is talking about in the context of her husband trusts in her, but I don't want us to as single women gloss over that and say, oh, well that doesn't apply. Like Mm. your husband doesn't, but if you aren't a trust, like become building yourself up as a trustworthy woman now, why would your husband tr- like you have to start that now again back to you don't get married and a switch flips and suddenly you're trustworthy um i don't know if you have this later on your list because yeah. i haven't even looked at your list we're doing great here because <laughs> um, another way i would want to word that is faithfulness she's marked by mm. faithfulness she is faithful in all yeah. things and follows through yeah the things i don't have that do. specifically on here so I think yeah. another way to word that would mm-hmm. be you know, she is a faithful woman uh-huh yeah, I th- yeah, that's really a good way of putting that too is, yeah, she is faithful. And not just, I don't know, it's not just her husband. Like that would permeate to yeah. all of life, even though in this specific verse that's what it's talking about. Um, number two I have is she works with her hands 
joyfully or in delight is what it says here. Then verse 13 says she looks for wool and flax and works with her hands in delight. And so I think there's, it's kind of a twofold thing of she is, cause later on we're gonna talk about, she's not idle. She's not lazy. Like those are bigger themes through this, but the in delight is the one that stuck out to me too of, I think a lot of times we can fall into checking things off the list and doing the things we have to and doing the things we're supposed to because we're supposed to. But do we really do them with delight? Mm. Do we do them with joy? Are we actually thankful for the opportunities that we have? And I think that's something that man or woman doesn't matter, but as Christians who fear the Lord, we should be marked with joy. I wrote down delightfully diligent. <laughs> I'm sitting here writing there down the things go. that you're saying, trying to just match up some of them. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good one is, yeah, she is delightfully diligent in doing the tasks that are put before her because she sees them as opportunities given to her by the Lord. Hmm. Um, so that's the next one. Um, verse 15 then, uh, she r- rises also while it is still night and gives food to her husband and portions to her maidens. And I don't think, did I say food to her husband? Food to her household. I don't know what I said. I don't know what you said either. Anyway. <laughs> I should probably just be flipped there. <laughs> um, Sorry, people. You're about to hear me flipping my Bible. So that's verse 15. I that. Um, and I think with that one, like it's not, the focus is not that she gets up super early. Now, does that, may that be what your current stage of life or your family needs or whatever? Sure. But I think the overarching principle is that she is not lazy. She Mm -hmm. will get up early if that is what's needed. And she is serving those around her. She gets up and she gives food to her household and portions to her maidens. She's looking out for other people and, again, diligent in doing that. Um, And so someone who isn't lazy and self-focused is going to be someone who is a godly woman. Um, And then verse 16 Uh, It says, she considers a field and buys it. From her earnings, she plants a vineyard. And I just think that you don't have to be, I don't think that's meaning every woman out there has to be a farmer. She also doesn't have to be a CEO or a crazy business-minded entrepreneur. That's not a requirement, but I think it's, she is wise, going back to our theme here, she is wise with the business and money opportunities the Lord has given her. I don't think you have to be seeking out to be, like I said, this huge business savvy person, but the opportunities that God gives you, are you wise and um, thoughtful in how you deal with them? Um, Just jump in whenever. I'm just kind of going down this list, but if you're like, you have a thought, feel free. Um, I'm tracking with you so far. Okay. Then going down to verse 20, it says she extends her hand to the poor and she stretches out her hands to the needy. Um, Hold on. You've just glossed over one. Okay. I didn't pull out everything. I know, but this okay, like go one for one it. of my favorite ones no, 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 go for verse it. 17. Okay, read it. She, let's see, she dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. Now, I'm not saying uh, you got to go get out and get jacked. I do have that one on here. I skipped it. Why'd you skip it? I didn't. I just totally missed it. <gasps> Don't do I that. Do. That's one I have of my favorite on here. Because, strong, verse seventeen. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, I, the the way that we can read strong now the, the makes her arms strong. That that is pretty straightforward in terms of ability to do what is required and necessary. Yeah. But she dresses herself with strength. Mm-hmm. 
it's not a strong woman that is uh, strong as in divisive uh-huh. and pushy with what she wants. But there, there is a beauty and strength. Uh-huh. I, I just love this. To, to see a woman that is strong and confident uh-huh. in who she is, who she has been created to be, and carries herself not in an arrogant or rude way. Yeah. But is just not fearful of the world around her. She is strong in character. Yeah. And the, the idea of she is clothed in strength is that it's just evident. I think that's such a beautiful thing. I'm glad you caught that. <laughs> Don't gloss over no, that. No, I, yeah, I wasn't trying to. But yeah, so that that is verse 17. So then now moving to verse 20, talking about extends her hand to the poor, stretches out her hands to the needy. Um, it's someone who is conscious of those around her, is conscious of the needs around her, and is reaching out to help. And so I think it's a twofold thing there. It's someone who, like I was talking about, she extends her hands to the poor and stretches out her hands to the needy. So she... In a sense, she knows who the poor and needy people are. So there's an element of being involved in community to an extent of being able to know what the needs are. But then also now she's going to meet them. She's going to help and serve there. And so someone who is not so self-absorbed that their issues and their stuff and what they have going on is all they can see, but they can get outside of themselves enough to see that there are hurting people around and then go and serve and meet those needs. Mm. Okay, so then verse 21, she is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. Um, That is someone who is preparing and looking towards the future. Again, it's not today, myself, all that matters, but someone who is caring enough about other people and is putting in the work and, like you said, diligent in doing that ahead of time. Someone who has the forethought and can look to the future And then not be um, fearful of it because everyone is prepared. Um, Verse 25, then strength and dignity are her clothing and she smiles at the future. Uh, I I just, I don't know. That's one of my favorite verses. It's like, those are the things that are defining her strength and dignity. And I think when it comes to a lot of times, we think of Proverbs 31 and we think of like all these things that you have to do. And it's uh, sometimes you get this idea of, Oh, well you have to be this meek, quiet little church mouse type. And I don't, that is not that to me was a strength and dignity are her clothing. And she smiles at the future. That is not a picture to me of someone who's shrinking away from everything and hopes to not be noticed and just, you know, be super, super, I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? Blending in and just unnoticed. Um, that's someone who knows who she is. She is clothed in strength. She is dignified and she smiles at the future. She's confident in who the Lord is and says, come what may, I know where my foundation is. I'll pause here for a second because okay. we came back to strength for a second. Mm-hmm. It is just one of my favorite characteristics mm-hmm. of a godly woman. And that's something I look hard for. Yeah. How do you model that in the church? Are you just somebody that mm. is passive and gets steamrolled all the time? And it's a problem for other people as well that are steamrolling you. Yeah. But someone that is strong in her convictions mm-hmm. is humble and teachable, obviously. Sure. But strong in her convictions in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And is not willing to waver on what the word of God says. Mm -hmm. 
But the the bottom of this is just an encouragement to everyone that's listening. She smiles at the future. Mm-hmm. There is so much fear, especially for the single ladies that are out there. Uh-huh. So much fear of the future. Mm. Am I going to get this? Mm-hmm. Will I get to be married? Will yep. I have kids? What's going to happen because of this? Mm-hmm. And there's so much fear involved when you look to the future. And guys do it as well. Sure. But since we're on the Proverbs 30 yeah. woman, she's not. Uh-uh. There is no fear. Yeah. Because... Of the strength. Mm-hmm. There's just this confidence in the Lord that come what may, mm-hmm. it's going to be fine. Yep. I, I just think for me, a, as a, a man in the church and a man in ministry, that is yeah. one of the most attractive features. It's just a strength and confidence yeah. in God. You've heard it here, ladies. That's what guys are looking for. <laughs> but does it not tie back to the mm-hmm. fear of the Lord perfectly? Oh, it absolutely does. Because how? in what other context can you actually... Stand and look at the future and smile. No, my, and say, the ESV translated is say laugh. I know some future. translations do, um, because yeah, I mean, especially, and I'm not trying to take anything away from way back then, but look at the world around us now and mm. where the future seems to be going. Unless you know that your future is secure, mm. you know what your true future is. How are you going to stand at that and laugh or smile or be joyful? Other than that. Um, but then kind of to your point about someone who is strong and not steamrolled and all of that, I love that the very next verse, verse 26, it says she opens her mouth in wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. And so it's talking about, she speaks with wisdom and kindness. She is not someone who just sits silently and never has an opinion, never has a thought, but it's saying when she speaks, when she does put her thoughts out there, it is with wisdom and kindness. Mm. And, so that's such a key opens her mouth in wisdom teaching of kindness is on her tongue. So it's not that Proverbs 31 is not saying that women should not have opinions and women shouldn't think and women should just be quiet. It is saying, but when you do speak, it should be wise and it should be kind. And I think that is something that we all have plenty to work on with. Yeah. Um, uh, and then the last two, verse 27, it says, she looks well to the ways of her household and she does not eat the bread of idleness, which kind of goes back to, what we talked about not being lazy. Same thing again. She's not an idle woman. She is doing the work of the Lord, whether that's tending to her household as in her husband and children. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's your church community, whatever household is. It's kind of like, I don't know. I think there's an element of it. It's kind of like when it talks about love your neighbor. We're not talking about your next door neighbor. I realize this is more specific, but this isn't uh, well, I'm single, so I'm just going to be lazy because there isn't a household I have to take care of. It's like find the people that you can take care of. Mm. Find the lives that you can pour into. Um, and then verse 30, um, which is uh, where we were talking about the fear of the Lord, but the first part of that verse says, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. And so a godly woman is one who understands that and is not overly overly concerned with outward appearances. Um, I think we've seen from the verses earlier that she does clothe herself well. She plans for her family. She does have clothing and sews and all those things. So it's not saying don't put any effort into your appearance and looking nice and whatever, but compared to the fear of the Lord, it is so much less that that should not be given any sort of 
out of place like distinction in your yeah, life. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that because you can take some extremes here of yes. saying, all right, well, beauty is vain, so I'm not going to put any effort in into it. And this mm-hmm. is not me as a guy coming out <laughs> and saying you have to put all of this effort in to be appealing and all of this stuff. No, yeah. But it does talk about she's not lazy. She's not idle. Right. But that's not her driving force. Our culture, and I just I, I apologize to women all the time for this, <laughs> our culture is just wrapped up in this perfection mm-hmm. of body type and looks and doctored pictures. And yeah. what Proverbs is saying is that's not what beauty is. Mm-hmm. What the culture and the world around us says beauty is, that's mm-hmm. not what it is. It does talk about in the scriptures across the board when it talks about women that there is just this beauty that is in them. Mm-hmm. And, and men are like gorillas. <laughs> it, it really is a story of beauty and the beast here. Of even if there are good looking guys out there, they're not. It's just not the same. Right. Uh, there is just this beauty and dignity with women. And there's effort that's placed in there, but it's not this obsession with self. Uh-huh. Not overly consumed with self. But adorned with the beauty that Proverbs yeah. 31 says is yeah. beautiful. Well, in that word vain that's there, it in like the Hebrew, it means like a breath or a vapor. Mm-hmm. And so I think the verse is contrasting that charm is deceitful and beauty is vain because it will pass away so fleetingly. But fearing the Lord and having a reverence for him, that will not pass away. And so it's, a, it's putting off the fleeting things and putting on the much more like important permanent things mm. in that verse. I feel like those are, that's what you're, that contrast is what you're seeing. Yeah. That, that's actually a really good list. I, I don't remember why <laughs> I went through this exercise yeah. about a month ago. I don't, I don't know the context yeah. of it, but I just worked through Proverbs 31 and I was like, what's here? Yeah. And you picked out pretty much everything that I saw. Okay. I had that list in front of me, but just the, the beauty of, what this list describes uh-huh. it is incredible. And it I think that you can put a lot of pressure on women and saying you have to be a Proverbs 31 woman. And so you got women running around like chickens with their heads cut off trying right. to fit this box <laughs> and be everything that you're supposed to be instead of what you pointed out at the very outset of this flows naturally mm-hmm. when it begins with the fear of the Lord. Yep. This is something that is just joyfully oozing out of yeah. you. This is what you're marked by. Yeah. It does take diligent effort, though. Sure. And, I mean, that was number three, delightfully diligent. Uh-huh. All of this does take an effort, but at the same time, the Lord creates that desire within you yeah. and gives you the ability and skill to be these things. Yeah. Um, my my job was harder. <laughs> you got. You just wanted to have the harder job. No, no, no. Uh, you you only had one chapter, I, and it's not even a whole chapter. I would say just really like the last two thirds of it. You got the last two thirds of a chapter. I gave myself um, Proverbs one through thirty in the first part of Proverbs thirty one. So we're gonna take an intermission here because it's gonna be another hour <laughs> no, and a half. I I didn't do what you did. Okay. And develop this big massive. List. Okay. I just kind of worked through a couple of themes that okay. I noticed. Uh, especially what's funny is in in other places in the Bible. There isn't a massive amount of instruction uh-huh. of saying, men, you must be this, 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 and this. Yeah. There's a couple of key themes that are just all throughout mm. the pages of Scripture uh, that I'm going to touch on and hit on. <laughs> it's because God knew most women's brains work in a list. <laughs> yeah. My, 
my dad gave me a gift years ago. This is when I was a teenager, and I don't remember what the gift was. Yeah. But I remember what it had on it. He had engraved on it, I think it's 1 Kings 2. Okay. Um, where the instruction is given, be strong and show yourself a man. Mm. Like that. That's the... The instruction that he mm-hmm. gave to me. And that's why I started becoming obsessed with the concept of biblical manhood. Um, so uh, where I start is the exact same place we started where the women are. Mm-hmm. Fear the Lord. That's the beginning of all of this. Yeah. And what's interesting is you could go through every single one of these except for the the, the beauty thing. Uh-huh. Because men, we're just not beautiful. <laughs> We're, we, we aren't. That but is, we think you are yeah. most of the time. Um, we're hairy, scary monsters. <laughs> you go through the list that you just gave. Same mm-hmm. thing for men. Mm-hmm. Show over. Done. <laughs> Move on. Uh, no, I'm not going to cheat like that. I, I started actually um, in an interesting spot, which is Proverbs 1.8. Okay. So it starts with the fear of the Lord, and it goes, Hear my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. Okay. I, growing up... I kind of overlooked uh-huh. this aspect that my training as a man was from both my father and my mother. Mm-hmm. I, I used to say mm. uh, something to the effect of, of when I got older and I would open a door. Yeah, if I didn't do this, my dad would smack me. Right. And I said that in front of my mom one time. She's like, I taught you that. <laughs> um, you learned that from me as well. Mm. I had to apologize. <laughs> you know, you're you're right, and I didn't give you the honor, or the respect, yeah. and the credit for that. Uh, a godly man begins with submitting and listening to the instruction and teaching of his parents, his father's instruction, his mother's teaching. But it doesn't end with just receiving it, but it's holding on to that. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think a godly man holds on to the wisdom and the instruction and the teaching that he was given his entire life. Sure. But that is a treasure to him. So he is marked by wisdom. And that, I mean, that's the soaking point of all of Proverbs. So Proverbs 2, 2. Make your ear attentive to wisdom. Incline your heart to understanding. If you call out for insight, raise your voice for understanding, verse 5, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. A godly man, beginning with the fear of the Lord, is marked by wisdom. Mm -hmm. Wisdom is a very broad category. (laughs) And what I would say to all the men out there is wisdom is gained through experience. Ultimately, it's gained through the Lord. Sure. Um, But it is gained through experience. Mm -hmm. So ladies, don't walk up to a 21-year-old man and expect him to be perfectly wise. Yes. Like your 55-year-old or 60-year-old father is. Uh Uh-huh. That is an unfair expectation. He hadn't lived life like that. Exactly. But is he marked by a desire to pursue wisdom? Mm-hmm. I think that has to be a calling card of a godly man. Men, this is what you must be doing. Women, this mm-hmm. is what you must be looking for. Is someone that pursues mm-hmm. wisdom. Is your ear attentive to it? Mm-hmm. Is your heart inclined to it? Are you calling out for it? You desire wisdom. So you fear the Lord. You remember the teaching that you have gained from your parents. And are you actively pursuing wisdom? Uh, the next thing that I would go to, Proverbs uh, 2, verse 21, for the upright will inhabit the land, and those with integrity will remain in it. Hmm. A godly man is marked by integrity. Mm-hmm. It's a character issue. 
And I, I, it goes along with uh, several of the characteristics that you have, but your number two on your list is trustworthy and faithful. Yeah. A godly man will have integrity. What he says will match his life. Mm-hmm. Let me warn the ladies out there. Watch this. <laughs> yeah. Because talk is cheap, to yes, quote someone is. that I know. It's you. <laughs> it's You're me. the one. I know. Talk is cheap. Yeah. You can say something, but does your life match that? Right. Are you marked with integrity? Now, there is just so much in chapter 3. Now, I'm not going to work through all of Proverbs 1 through 31. We're not going to do that. Because all of these little nuggets that are here are just repeated repeated over and over over again. Fear of the Lord, wisdom, Mm -hmm. integrity. And then you get into Proverbs 3. I think is one of the biggest pieces of this, and I'm not going to read all of it. I really want to... um, steadfast love and faithfulness. Mm. Bind them around your neck. Write them on a tablet of your heart. You will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Are you someone whose love is steadfast, never-ending? Are you consistent in that? Are you faithful? Do you trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding? Ladies, this is the same for you too. Mm-hmm. Again, our lists are very similar here. <laughs> but a godly man Trust in the Lord and not his wisdom. And I think that's a hard thing for men to swallow. Mm. There's pride in women. Yes, I am 100% (laughs) saying that. Men, it oozes out of us. The pride of man is just wicked. And something that Mm. I have dealt with my entire life. The Lord pushes back against that pretty hard. Mm -hmm. Do you trust in the Lord more than yourself? Are you walking in, in the ways of your own knowledge or in the wisdom of God? Uh-huh. That is a mark of a man. Do you acknowledge him in all things? Do you, again, fear the Lord? Verse 7 of chapter 3. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could have just stopped at fear the Lord. Honestly, <laughs> that we could just stop there because everything pours out of that. It absolutely does. Um, verse 21. My son, do not lose sight of these things. That's the thing, uh, this the steadfastness of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Because it's really easy for short seasons of life, these little spurts. Oh, man, that guy, he is showing some good character. Is uh-huh. he consistent in that? It's like when you're working out and it's hard. And you're like, okay, well, I can do anything for 10 more seconds. Or I can do anything for 30 seconds. This is the opposite of that. It's like, uh-huh. yes, it's hard. But you have to persevere through it. And that, not, that's why... Oh, let me just hurry up and get it done with this. Proverbs feels so redundant because mm. it's so many things over and over again. But it should tell you how badly we need to know it and how quickly we forget it. I mean, <laughs> I, I can get on lost on a rabbit trail of Israel for a second. Yeah. If they're faithful, they sin, <laughs> they repent, and they do this over and over, over again. Over and over. Because we do that. Mm-hmm. So as a, as a man, are you fearing the Lord? Are you actively pursuing wisdom? Are you pushing back against your pride and leaning on the understanding of the Lord. Now, let's get to a few more practical things. Uh, chapter 4, verse 23. Keep your heart with all vigilance. Mm. Are you protecting your heart? Uh, men, we don't like to talk about being emotional and responding according to the heart, but we do that. I don't remember who it was that said this of... Um, hypothetical conversation that he had had with a woman and her boyfriend or her husband or whatever it was. And the, the wife says, my husband's just not very emotional. He's not very in tune with his emotions. 
pastor immediately says, take him out on a golf course and let him shank three into a pond. <laughs> then you'll see he's an emotional creature. Yes. Guys, our hearts can lead us astray, and we can be emotional. Mm-hmm. Are you keeping your heart? Are you protecting your heart mm-hmm. with diligence? I think that's another big one that we overlook. So uh, a godly man is wise. He fears the Lord. He has a character and integrity just oozing out of him. He is not proud and boasting. He protects his heart. Uh, Proverbs 5.21, For a man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all of his paths. He just Mm -hmm. rests in the sovereignty of God. Mm -hmm. He rests in the truth that God Mm -hmm. will carry him and move him forward. I'm bullet pointing at this point. Yeah. Uh, this this is where I'll camp out to <laughs> wrap up all of all of these other things. Uh, Proverbs six twenty seven. Uh, this is an interesting one, and you'll be a little confused as to why I'm here for uh, on biblical manhood. Can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned, or can he walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? Now, this is talking about in the context sexual immorality and, and those type things. Um, what this is really describing is self-control. Mm. This is a fun one for me, <laughs> uh, mostly because I'm still working on it. Yeah. Um, there, self-control is tied to biblical manhood everywhere. You go to uh, Titus 2, for uh-huh. instance, the instructions that Paul gives to young men <laughs> is hilarious. To younger women, he says a list of things. To older women, he says a list of things. To older men, he says a list of things. Then he gets to young men. Yeah. And you're expecting another list. He says one thing. (laughs) Self-control. Stop there. That's enough. Self-control. Yeah. Because that's all you can handle. Mm. Self-control is one of the major tenets of being a man of God. Mm. Are you marked by control of self? Mm -hmm. Uh, I actually go Proverbs... uh, and this is where I'll start fast-forwarding. Proverbs 25. <laughs> okay. Um, it really has to do with self-control. Proverbs 25, 28. A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Mm-hmm. Which we don't have a ton of context for today. No. But. You think of um, ancient cities in the Near East, mm-hmm. and they had these massive walls that would go around the cities and encampments to protect against invaders. Right. That it's not like a simple border. I mean, it was big walls. That was how they protected themselves against people coming in and stealing everything and absolutely mm-hmm. wiping them out. If a city didn't have walls, it's open season. You're like, That's easy. I take that in three seconds. Yeah. A man without self control that is not marked by self control will be destroyed in a moment. Mm-hmm. And that's why you know go back to uh, earlier in Proverbs where it talks about carrying fire next to his chest and mm. being very dangerous. When you play without self-control, you're going to get burned. <laughs> yeah. And that, that is one of the biggest things that I have found throughout Proverbs. And there's, again, we could go through your entire list in Proverbs 31 mm-hmm. and say, yes, 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 mm-hmm. to all of those things. But for some reason, the major tenets, obviously the fear of the Lord, there is wisdom, integrity, so interested in his character. Mm-hmm. Is he a man of character? Does he work hard? Is he diligent in all these things? And is he self-controlled? Yeah. It just hammers self-control, <laughs> self-control, self-control. Because we're so bad at it. I, I don't understand why it is, but we're just awful at self-control. Hmm. Food? Give it to awful me. Awful <laughs> at self-control. Uh, sexual immorality? Awful at self-control. Just simple things in life? Awful at self-control. That's why Paul was so focused on it. That's why Proverbs are so focused mm-hmm. on it. 
all throughout the scriptures, be self-controlled. Now, I want to wrap up my little list of things, and I have been all over the place compared to you. That's why you were, you had the tiny list, and it's not fair. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get outside of Proverbs for a second. Okay. Because there's a few other things that mark a man of God. Uh, obviously, we talked about strength. Be strong. Um, 1 Kings 2, 2, I think. Be strong and show yourself a man. Uh, strength is one. And I'm not talking about it has to be just absolutely jacked, mm-hmm. but it's marked by strength and character and the way that he carries himself. Is he courageous? That's not talked about a mm-hmm. lot in the world around us. Mm-mm. A courageous man. He is not fearful mm-hmm. of the things going on around him. He is not fearful of the future. He is not fearful of the life he is living. He is just courageous. Mm-hmm. Man, where are the men of courage? I feel like they've just been lost. I think I don't think they've been lost. Or I just think they have been beaten suppressed. down. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I feel, I don't think this is a popular opinion amongst women these days, but I, I feel bad for guys in today's day and age. And we're not going to get off into some... It's really easy to. I know. I can feel, I can see it happening. But like, with... Feminism and just the way society looks at strong men with conviction, I think it just gets beaten out of them, and you get so beaten down that they just stop trying, which isn't necessarily okay, but I get it. And so, I, yeah, I don't think it's a matter of they're just lost, I think they're exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, and I hate that for you. The world tells us we can't be these things. Right. Don't it's, be strong. Yeah. That's toxic. I was going to say toxic masculinity. masculinity gets thrown around about it. It's out there. Yeah. Oh, it is, but it's not what you get told it is. No. Most, because a lot of times what gets thrown out it under this label of toxic masculinity is really just biblical masculinity in a yeah. lot of ways. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, yes, there is toxic, it, sinful, horrible behavior out there. Absolutely. But that term has become such an umbrella for a lot of things that it's not. I'll say this, and it might be controversial. <laughs> it's not that hard to be a man of God. Mm. In terms of our list is not exhausted. Mm-hmm. Being honest, fear the Lord, mm-hmm. pursue wisdom, be a man of character, mm-hmm. uh, be self-controlled, work hard, be strong, be courageous. That's mm-hmm. not a big list. Mm-mm. It's not that difficult. And yet, we're losing men rapidly. Mm-hmm. We've lost the concept, like you were talking about, of biblical masculinity, and we need to recover that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw some darts here, <laughs> and I'm gonna throw it at the ladies. Okay. And I do it because I love you. <laughs> uh, you're perpetuating the problem. I would agree with you. By saying yes to weak men. Yeah. When when you, yeah, I just. I want a man of God. I want a man of character, but I just can't seem to find one. So I'm just going to settle for less. Uh-huh. And I'll go out with that guy, but he's really, he's got some self-control issues. And he's not very good with his emotions. And he's not really a spiritual leader and those type things. And But I, I just want to find someone. Yeah. When you do that, you are just continuing the problem. Yeah. You are allowing weak men to say, all right, well, I can keep doing this. Yep. Women, let me give you a piece of advice. 
you see a weak man that seems to show some interest in you, tell him to take a hike. Yeah. I, yes. I, I don't want that here. I agree with you. I do. Wholeheartedly. But I also know from the women's, the female side of it, it's a two, and I know you're not saying it's not, but it's a two-sided thing of when that's all that's in front of you, you start to think, well, and I'm not, I mean, it's probably not all that's in front of you, first of all. But when it seems like it is, it's our say, well, are my standards too high? Am I expecting too much? I guess this is what it's actually supposed to be like. And you say, well, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying it's not as straightforward as it seems. Hmm. We've talked about this. <laughs> uh, we talked about this a while ago. Is God enough? Yep. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I agree with you that you, that's what you should do. I'm just saying it's tough. But is God enough? Because oh, yes, I, I understand is. it is tough. Uh-huh. It is hard to be like, all right, well, I keep passing on all of these guys mm-hmm. that are just weak men. And let me just throw out a, a, a wrinkle in everything I just said. Uh, what you didn't hear me say is um, this guy has to be perfectly good looking. Right. He's got a, a clear six figures. Uh, he's got to have this, 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 and this of all worldly standards. I didn't say one of them. Fear the Lord. Mm-hmm. Holds on to wisdom. Man of character. Self-controlled, strong, courageous. That's what I said. Yep. Not a single thing from he has to fit this perfect, massive NFL football player type look. <laughs> Didn't say that. No. So if if you're sitting there going, well, he doesn't, he's not exactly what I want because he's just not this buff, massive guy that's super rich and can let me just let out <laughs> all of my fantasies and dreams. I didn't say any of that. No, you did not. So if you're saying no because of that, check your heart because you're that saying it, that. Oh, for sure on that. I agree with you. But what I am saying is you need to fear the Lord and be satisfied in him enough mm-hmm. to not let weak men continue. And just say, I'm sorry, but I'm not interested for this reason. Tell him graciously. I was going to say, that's the thing though is you have to tell him. Graciously and as lovingly as you can. But if this guy, you can just tell there is no self-control within him. I'm just not that interested because I've noticed this pattern in your life. And this is a big deal for me. This is a deal breaker. Mm -hmm. Do you have a confidence in the Lord to say that? (laughs) That would be tough. It it is. Yeah. Yeah. I've had someone say it to me. It was back in college Mm -hmm. when I was wrestling through a lot of these things. Yeah. Someone said to me, kindest thing they ever did. Yeah. Hurt. Hurt real bad. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> but it was effective. Yeah. Because I looked at myself and went, oh, ooh, I need to examine this. Mm-hmm. Are they right? Maybe they're wrong. Mm-hmm. Are they right? Turns out they were. Mm. So I had to go through some serious heart change at that point. Mm-hmm. And it was so beneficial for me. I never dated the girl. We never circled back. Mm-hmm. None of that. I didn't change and then came back. She's like, yep, you're all good. <laughs> we haven't spoken since. Yeah. But you know what? Her courage in saying that forced me to have to analyze that and fix it. Mm-hmm. That is how we stop the progress of weak men. I mean, yes, it is. I don't think it's the sole way. In the church. I don't think it's the only. I mean. No. I, I, I know you're not saying this, but it kind of sounds a little bit like you're saying 
women, it's all on you. Nope. To f- I, don't know, I know that's not what you mean. I just want to clarify because I know you don't mean that, that you're not saying this is your responsibility, ladies, to make sure these guys are toughened up. I know that's not what you mean. Mm, I didn't say toughen up. You're talking about weak. The solution is to toughen up. No, it's be strong. Okay. I will fight you over semantics. We do not have to get into semantics. We do not have time. No, because then on the men's side of that, um, so many men don't take the Bible seriously. Mm. Don't take the word of God seriously. Yep. Um, We were looking. There was a quote the other day, and I don't remember who it was attributed to. Yeah. um, uh, It was either a two-thirds of all missionaries are married couples. Uh, a third are single women, and then the rest are single men. <laughs> yes, and yeah. Where where are the men of mm-hmm. the scriptures? Where are the Davids? That yeah, and uh, David screwed up. <laughs> he had his issues a lot. Yeah, uh, and we see him come around when the prophet comes up to him and like, "You are that man." Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. so he was humble enough. To repent of his sin mm-hmm. and to fear the Lord. Dude is also in tune with his emotions. I mean, he, he could cry. <laughs> he was a crier, which <laughs> makes me feel good because I'm a crier. <laughs> he was in tune with his emotions. Mm-hmm. Where are the Pauls that are just so unwaveringly confident, no matter what happens to them, they're going to keep going? Mm-hmm. Where are those men? A lot of times it's because they're not in the Word. They're just coasting through life. Mm-hmm. We need men of conviction of the word. Yeah. Well, and that, yeah. And to bring it back, that's perfect. To bring it back to what we started out the episode with of how does this tie into a dating podcast? How does this tie into, okay, what should I be looking for in someone? Because these two things we have talked about, you talking about being serious about the word and then this fear of the Lord, because it's, it, you, you can think through like, okay, well, I'm looking for a godly man. If you're a girl out there listening. And there's all these things that make up a godly man. So how in the world do I know that I've checked all of them off and I make sure he is? And like, for me, that got overwhelming like several years ago. I was like, how do I figure this out? Like, how do I know it's important? How do I know it's not? And I came back to to the two things of, does this guy have a high view of the Lord? Does he fear the Lord? Mm. Does he have a high view of God? Does he have a high view of scripture and its authority in his life? Because if he has that, those two things, if he is, scripture is, important to him he spends time in the word and then he sees the authority that it should have in then influencing your day-to-day life if those things are in place i i don't want to say i don't have to worry about it but like i trust the lord then who has said my word will not return void mm-hmm. i trust the lord who has promised that he will sanctify those who are his and because i trust the lord i know that all these other things will work out now i'm not saying he may be those things, but he also has a serious anger problem. Well, you just don't worry about that. He's, you know, he's pursuing the word. That may need to be fixed, but the Lord will sanctify those who are his and those who are pursuing his word. Mm. And if the, if the, a guy is marked by those things and you see these other things flowing out, then you trust the Lord that he will continue that good work that he began in him. And that makes it a much simpler process. Well, it's just taking everything I have not to just scream at men and say, man up. <laughs> it's, this is a rabbit trail for a moment. One of the things that I've noticed in church ministry, when mm-hmm. new families show up to church, the majority of the time the wife shows up first and mm-hmm. then the husband mm-hmm. comes in tow afterwards. Almost like she's forcing him to be there. Uh-huh. 
what's happening? I just, it's one thing that has always perplexed me of, I've had strong men in my life. Right. And they're all different. Mm-hmm. Uh, not strong in worldly senses. You're just They were strong men of character with a backbone that feared the Lord, loved him, mm-hmm. pursued him, marked by self-control, marked by diligent work, all of these things. And then I look around and there is just missing. Yeah. It's missing in the church. We need to recover masculinity. And it's it's hilarious to me. Women just are always ahead of us. Yeah. They mature faster. They grow up faster. <laughs> feels like they figure this out a lot faster. So I want to just <laughs> love on all the women out there after I kind of threw you on the bus for a minute. You, nice save. It, it's ironic you're leading the way in, in these things. Mm. It's just the ladies set the tone and standard so much. And it shouldn't be the case. Yeah. We we needed a recovery. And now I'm all depressed because I'm like, <laughs> where are the men at? That That's that's a depressing a note. Question right there. to end on, I guess. <laughs> it's a, it's a terrible question to end on. Oh, but we're going to end there because I'm rambling at this point. Okay. But we can't end there. When we know, like, yes, we all fall short. None of us are perfect in any of these things. But we have a framework now that fearing the Lord is the most important. Everything else will flow out from there. And I think if we recover a right view of God, then your question of where are all the men at, where are the true women at, like all those questions will get answered because that's the problem that's missing at the mm. end of the day is they aren't viewing God rightly. So. I think that's a better place in. Okay, we will wrap it up there, guys. This has been a good discussion. It's been a long episode, so thank you if you are still here finishing up with us. We appreciate it. We will be back next week with another episode, but until then, I'm Bethany. And I'm tired. And this is Looking for the Middle.